Hello and welcome back to the Social Circle Influencer Marketing Podcast. I'm your host Becky and today we'll be discussing a breaking issue which has the creator community highly incensed, the YouTube restricted mode content filter. I'll be joined by Jazza John, prominent politics and LGBTQ plus YouTuber and Rowan Ellis, UK YouTube ambassador and advocate for women's rights and LGBTQ plus issues. Both of their channels have been heavily affected by this filter. But first, what is it? YouTube's own definition is... Restricted mode hides videos that may contain inappropriate content flagged by users and other signals. No filter is 100% accurate, but it should help you avoid most inappropriate content. We introduced restricted mode back in 2010 as an optional feature to help institutions like schools as well as people who wanted to better control the content they see on YouTube. We designed this feature to broadly restrict content across more mature topics, whether these are videos that contain profanity, those that depict images or descriptions of violence or discussion of certain diseases like addictions and eating disorders. Today, about 1.5% of YouTube's daily views come from people who have restricted mode turned on. BBC News states that Restricted mode is intended to protect younger viewers from seeing adult content. YouTube says it uses community flagging, age restrictions and other signals to identify what is potentially inappropriate content and filter it out. The way which it works is that you can choose to view YouTube in restricted mode. And if you do so, certain videos or channels simply will not appear on the website. When you are searching on the platform, a disclaimer appears. Some results have been removed because restricted mode is enabled. The restricted mode has been around for some time, however it is quite a hidden feature and therefore its impact and implications have only just come to light. The issue is the types of content which are restricted are not clearly defined and unfortunately there seems to be an exclusionary LGBT streak amongst other things. The way to check if any channel has been affected or not is to open their channel in regular mode and then open it in restricted mode and check which videos have disappeared. Upsettingly, many content creators seem to be finding their content relating to any LGBTQ issues have disappeared. YouTuber at Noodorella tweeted on March 17th, What am I to do when I find out my videos where I mention being attracted to girls are restricted? It breaks my heart. YouTuber Callum McSwiggan also created a video about the issue. This video is too gay for kids. In fact, this video won't even show up if you have YouTube's family filters on. I think all of this stems from the idea that there is something inherently wrong with being LGBT+. There has always, always been this idea in society that LGBT plus people are the outcasts. You hear so many people saying, oh, you can't possibly expose children to LGBT plus people. Why? Why can you not expose children to LGBT plus people? We're just normal people living our lives. So let's talk to Jazza and Rowan, whose channels have seen around half of their videos hidden under restricted mode. So how did the both of you find out about the issue and what were your initial reactions? So I wasn't actually in the country when it happened. I only found out secondhand through Twitter. People were tweeting about this as it was coming to light about their own channels. Um, viewers were then tweeting them saying, OK, well, this channel also seems to be affected. It was kind of like an investigation because, as you said, we, we didn't really have any alerts. We weren't emailed about it. So it was this process of discovery, I think, that happened over a few hours and at that point I think everyone kind of knew that something was up and that something had to be done about it. Yeah this has kind of been affecting uh, especially trans YouTubers for uh, they've noticed it a little bit before um, we did at least in the UK. Um, over in the US there were certain trans YouTubers who were making videos about this a couple of weeks ago and I kind of like noticed and am aware that sometimes YouTubers make a big fuss about things that um, YouTube will often have legitimate reasons to do so um, uh, because for example you don't want kids being able to access video 
videos that talk explicitly about sex, perhaps in a library or a school. That is understandable. Um, but as Rowan said, as this kind of, um, it seemed really obvious that it wasn't just sexually explicit content um, uh, that was being targeted in this way and it was just stuff that talked about being queer in some way shape or form um kind of realized that it was a problem then started tweeting furiously absolutely yes <laughs> so um what are some of the implications that you can already see arising from this issue it's it's very difficult to kind of like come at this as a queer YouTuber because technically all of my videos could be um, affected by this block just because I mention the fact that I'm gay like almost every single video um, uh, the problem is that we don't know what the criteria are we've been given this very broad kind of like idea of why it's used and how it's um, been around for for a long time and it's always kind of changing um, uh, but I don't know how to react to that as a creator because there just isn't the information um, and the education out there from YouTube in order for me to um, react or feedback in an appropriate way. Yeah, so I, um, it's very strange to me and kind of surreal. When I was at school um, in sick form, this was actually something that was happening within the school's blocking system. So we had a tag on um, on the web if you tried to search for the Stonewall website if you tried to search for any website that was you know a helpline a support group it got blocked and it said the reason was for lesbian and gay content and this was something at the time that I was incensed by and I was trying to talk to the head teachers about it and I remember at the time they didn't know the acronym LGBT I used it my friends had to be like Rowan she doesn't know what you're talking about and I had to be like the gays and the lesbians <laughs> oh, and the... so it was it was such a different time and I kind of like in my head it was something that I talked about as a I suppose a vaguely a relic of like what used to be and to find out that this is something that has like continued to happen it was for me that was one of the reasons why it was particularly significant to me that I knew that it wasn't just this total coincidence I think that it was something that I could look at and see how it had, the same kind of attitude had affected my life including my life online for a long time and so it was it was one of those things that I'm I'm particularly concerned for the set, the kids who are like me at school, especially if this has been used a lot at schools, who who can't access, you know, the laptop, the family laptop at home or on their phones in case their parents might be checking what they're looking at, to look for coming out videos, to look for, you know, the kind of videos that have been blocked, you know, people's wedding vows, coming out videos, people where they talk, uh, videos where they talk to their parents about being gay. Um, this is the kind of content that I think those kids need and that's the kind of content that's being blocked. Yeah, and unfortunately, this is something that has happened several times um, from internal policies from YouTube. Um, I think specifically of the uh, need of people to use real names when there's the integration with Google+, um, which is uh, not incredibly helpful for people who are perhaps not in safe spaces and trying to find out um, more about like their gender or their sexuality online in a place where they aren't going to be able to be tracked back to their real selves. Those are That's a really important resource for people. Um, uh, and we can see like the It Gets Better project, which was spearheaded by Dan Savage, that was a massive um, uh, campaign um, in past years. There was also the fact that there was demonetization at the end of last year, um, where a lot of um, advertiser unfriendly content was being demonetized on the site. And this uh, as well, in a similar way to this block, um, had already existed for several years, but it was just coming to light that a lot of my queer videos as well, and not of my politically contentious videos, uh, were were being um, affected by demonetization, and this seems like a repetition of the same mistake.
Absolutely, yeah. So while I'm sure that this is an automatic filter rather than someone manually going through and flagging all LGBT content. I mean, let's hope not. I know, right? <laughs> Somehow that kind of makes it all the more insidious that simple words like gay would be flagged as inappropriate tags. So what do you think about that? I think it's difficult because at the moment we don't actually know. We we haven't been given that information by YouTube and who knows if we ever will. So we have no idea. Um, I, I talked to people from YouTube who talked about that it being uh, it's a machine learning kind of program. So it means that there's was a program that was set up and the machine is kind of using whatever data it's being fed into it to work out what needs to be filtered. I think it is quite worrying that one of the things that um, YouTube itself mentions is user flagging as a method potentially by which the machine learns or potentially that's filtered in with the machine learning to to create what is blocked because who are the users that are flagging how is that policed how is that approved or not because i think that you know there are homophobic people on the internet who a lot of my videos get flagged for the the only reason being that i'm a gay person talking about gay things and so you know i think it's this similarly with the google plus issue um i know that originally a big part of having to use real names on google plus was meant to be a positive thing because it was meant to combat trolling mm -hmm. the idea would be that people wouldn't say awful things or as awful things if their real name was attached if there was some kind of you know consequence potentially at the end and so i do think it's one of those things where youtube has a lot of good intentions but just doesn't quite talk it out with the people who might have a little bit of knowledge of like mm, here's a reason why that wouldn't quite work the way you think it's going to work there is i think also culturally a certain amount of hubris in companies that are centered around silicon valley when it comes to algorithms and the idea that an algorithm can be completely neutral and because a human being isn't making all of those decisions then we know that it must be um, being impartial completely when it comes to um, the blocking of content but at the end of the day a human being has built that human beings themselves are flawed and if as rowan said there is information being fed in from user behavior then of course that's going to end up being um uh, biased in some way shape or form and i think i worry that they've just kind of set this up believe that it's good enough and then just let it run obviously that's speculation we don't know yet um uh, but there really needs to be more of a um uh, kind of like skepticism around how unbiased algorithms actually can be Absolutely. So representation is massively important for all LGBT people, pretty much. And this obviously has such a big impact on it, especially as this restricted filter has been said to, you know, maybe be used for minors or, you know, to kind of, you know, get the content which is appropriate for everybody, including children. And it doesn't really seem like that's, you know, what's happening. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, Like for kids who are like struggling with their gender identity or their sexual identity um the resources that are available on youtube and the fact that you can see that people um uh, exist that are like you especially from your from uh, if you're from um certain parts of the country or remote parts of the country or remote parts of the world you can see that it's very possible to have a, a really happy life and happen to be lgbtq or any of the other um uh, letters in the acronym um uh, and that's kind of what I worry about, to be completely honest. I genuinely don't think there's a single YouTuber or even someone who makes YouTube videos um, who isn't like a big, well-known channel who talks about their sexuality, even in a single video or even just acknowledges it on Twitter or something like that, who hasn't had a comment or a message or an email from someone who has been mm. positively affected by them being out. I, I don't think it's happened because it's because like from the very start people are searching out this content it's clearly needed and to see how 
positively, even just not not saying anything directly to an audience about that, but just existing positively in the world can have mm. such an impact on people. It's just, it can't be underestimated. It really can't. Yeah, for sure. So... Restricted content would inherently be exposed to less viewers and in turn, this has an impact on the potential audience and opportunities available to LGBT YouTubers and that in turn has an impact on their financial earning potential, both with ad revenue and for branded content. So, you know, we're kind of constantly being marginalised mm -hmm. financially. So, yeah. For me, the before and after is what's important. The before in terms of why this has happened in the first place and like why... LGBT content could be considered either inappropriate for advertising or not advertiser friendly, um, which kind of to me implies that there is a danger that some people will have uh, be put off by a product because it's in any way associated with gay people, whatever you know, whatever they're doing in the video, whoever they are, just because they're gay, or that it's seen as is not family friendly or not appropriate for children. So that before before thing is a concern, as well as the after thing that Jazza talked about that the actual the the kids who aren't going to be able to see this content or even the adults to be honest like the people people who need it that can be of any age when they when they kind of start to to come out or to discover part of who they are which can kind of happen however old you are that's still something that you need mm -hmm. um and if it's if it is something that's, that's restricted either it's going to directly restrict you because you know you're in a in a house where the parents put it on restricted mode and the schools have it on restricted mode and what can you do about it or because you're hearing about this and you know that this is an attitude that people have and when you're trying to come to terms with your sexuality and you're being told that a load of people think that you're not appropriate for children, that you're not appropriate for families, that you're somehow wrong or sexual or dirty just for existing, that's going to have an effect. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I guess going back to my original point, I think that it's very concerning, however, that this could potentially put brands off wanting to advertise with LGBT YouTubers if they are hearing that their content is you know, automatically going to be not shown to the whole picture. So mm -hmm. um, that's, that's you know, got me concerned about the future because if it's not going to be shown to everybody, is it going to encourage people to talk about it? Is it going to encourage people to make more content about it? Mm -hmm. um, are they going to be put off automatically? I mean, it's almost like we've gone back to the um, 90s when it comes to, uh, like, LGBT representation in any kind of broadcast media where anything that was vaguely queer had to be outside of the... Um, watershed um, where advertising dollar is less um, or pounds depending on what nation you're in um, and that is incredibly frustrating to take those steps back especially when uh, queer channels do incredibly well on YouTube they're some of the most prominent creators on the site because people are actively searching out for those for want of the better word for want of a better word role models people that they can kind of identify with in, in any way shape or form uh, and uh, like when it comes to this uh, financial justification to use people I would also be worrying about uh, how is this going to affect the willingness of brands um, who at the end of the day need to have like a, a steady bottom line um, how is that going to affect their, their advertising decisions what I think is interesting for me in terms of how that works is that I think that there are because YouTube is like has been and I feel like this is a great analogy described as a world west in a lot of ways in terms mm. of how jobs and money and all that kind of stuff works a lot of people started YouTube when they were teenagers they've kind of grown up through it but they they can't really turn to their parents to ask them about this stuff because no one's parents is a YouTuber. There's like, no they industry can't, standard. Yeah, there's no industry mm -hmm. standard. And so for me, what I'm kind of worried about, if that would affect it, would be if brands kind of come and say, we want to advertise with you, but 
in the video, obviously, you can't mention anything about your sexuality. You can't mention being gay. Don't have it on your thumbnail. Don't mm. have any. Don't have any links to it. Don't talk about it. Um, and then we can, you know, give you this money. And this will be. And I, uh, what I, I can see how that could definitely affect like young or vulnerable or just like people who are inexperienced would feel like, oh yeah, I have to censor myself. This is what brands ask for. This is what people do for this kind of stuff. This is normal. Um, but I can see it kind of having an effect in that way potentially, which is which is quite worrying that people would feel like they can't be open. They can't be themselves either. Because it will affect them financially, or just in terms of people not being able to access their videos. I would hope that that never ends up being the case, though, uh, because I, I think that YouTube have actually eventually been quite good at saying that this is clear. This block is clearly not working in the way that we want it to. We're going to endeavour to fix it, and I I believe them. Like, like YouTube, I don't think um, at its core is a is a homophobic um, organisation, yeah, um, but it could justify the. Um, uh, it, it could justify more conservative um, ideas when it comes to um, advertising dollar um, uh, down the road. Uh, we just need YouTube to sort this out and to be really transparent in what is actually being blocked. I think the most frustrating thing for us as creators is because um, uh, in order to find out, we had to go into our dashboard, turn on restricted mode, wait a few minutes for it to activate, and then go through all, every single one of our videos. That's not something to use as Silicon Valley term. That is scalable in any way, shape, or form. Let us know, please. Um, I've also found that my stuff and a lot of people's channels, when, when there were a lot of viewers who were checking out, especially big channels like Tyler Oakley's channel, mm. like Troye Sivan's channel, um, to see whether they'd been blocked. And minute to minute, they were blocked, they were unblocked, some videos were down, some videos were uh, the video that I made about this whole situation was originally restricted and then oh, got unrestricted. Irony. I checked it it's today. Restricted it's again. restricted Yeah, It's been re-restricted. So either that machine has decided again that they want to override whoever unflagged it or it's learned something new that it thinks it's inappropriate now. Like there's, this is something that again, it's, it's seemingly day to day at this point, it's still changing. And I don't know if that's always been the case that it's mm -hmm. always changed up and down or if it's just... Or maybe it's, it's because they're trying to fix trying it. Trying to fix we, it. Like, we yeah. don't know. For sure. Yeah. And I guess moving forward and um, in conclusion, what do you want YouTube to do as a response? I have Jazza very, has very yeah. clear points on this. I, I have very clear things that I want out of this. I want them to um, uh, inform us when um, our content is restricted. Give us a. It can be a broad reason why um, uh, that's restricted, um, and then we as creators can um, appeal. So those are the three steps that I want. I want us to know um, when something's restricted, why it's restricted, and then we can have a chance to be able to. Um, get it unblocked if we think that it's unjustified um, in this in a very similar way to what has happened with the demonetization model um, that happened at the end of last year uh, roll that out guys and we can like be on the same page because there are cases for a restricted mode being important for um, uh, like families who don't want um, their children to be accessing inappropriate content which does exist on the, on the internet um, uh, but let us be able to be reactive um, and it's just very very frustrating that we had to find out about this by accident yeah I completely agree with you I think that from my point of view on a more holistic kind of um, detailed level, I, I really do want YouTube to reach out to creators when stuff like this happens. One of the things that very much frustrated me about their initial response that was a kind of a paragraph that I thought was very unsatisfactory is that they they had known about it for, well, since, since uh, known about the, the issues with restricted mode in general for like at least, I think two weeks maybe beforehand. Um, but had known specifically about LGBT stuff 
kind of over that weekend and they'd come out with this paragraph without speaking to any LGBT creators who were clearly willing to talk about it, who had been talking about it amongst themselves. Um, I, I really hope that in the future they feel like they can reach out, that they won't wait until YouTube has reached them because I think a lot of people feel like YouTube is this big, enormous company that seems inaccessible, that they don't necessarily have a personal contact there that they can contact. They feel like it will just be like throwing their voice against a wall that isn't listening. So I think YouTube has to be the one to reach out and say, you know, we have this on our platform that's affecting these kind of creators, these kind of people. What What's happening here? What How are you experiencing this? How can we help? Because although I absolutely agree with Jazza, YouTube has done some fantastic things for the community. I've run events with them about LGBT creators, about women's mentorship. I, I know and I'm friends with many people who work at YouTube who are fantastic people who are devastated by this happening. But what everyone else saw who doesn't know YouTube, that's not what they saw. They saw this very PR heavy paragraph. That, that was, was tweeted out from an account that nobody pays any attention exactly. to. It was from the YouTube creator's account. Exactly. And so uh, I, and I feel like that could have been so avoided by bringing in people in the community who have a voice to say, we respect you. This is something we want your input in, mm -hmm. as opposed to what it looked like, which is that they went through PR and a load of people. There was a lot of bureaucracy and they came out mm -hmm. with this one paragraph. Um, so for me, it's that kind of two way street and encouraging that and having it more as this community that I think they want it to be. Yeah. Just to kind of add on to that um, in terms of where I think this should go. Um, the ICG, the Internet Creators Guild, exists and is meant to collectively represent um, creators, not just in the US, but across the world. Um, and I think that YouTube needs to be um, uh, working in tandem with the ICG to make sure that all of these um, uh, kind of like concerns are raised before these mistakes get made um, uh, and making sure that uh, they're able to avoid any of those kind of issues going forward, because that's the only way it's going to happen. Um, and YouTube is very used to being able to just change a line of code and then kind of like let it run. I feel like that's kind of what happened here. But being able to have that kind of dialogue with creators so that they don't feel like they don't seem like a big, bad, scary company. Thank you guys so much. YouTube has responded to the issue with a statement posted on their creator outreach Twitter account at YT Creators on March 19th. We are so proud to represent LGBTQ plus voices on our platform. They're a key part of what YouTube is all about. The intention of restricted mode is to filter out mature content for the tiny subset of users who want a more limited experience. LGBTQ plus videos are available in restricted mode, but videos that discuss more sensitive topics may not be. We regret any confusion this has caused and we are looking into your concerns. We appreciate your feedback and passion for making YouTube such an inclusive and diverse and vibrant community. Other content which has been restricted includes videos by Dodie Clark and Lucy Moon, which relate to their relationships with alcohol. And while I do understand how alcohol is a difficult subject to discuss in front of minors, I also feel like it's a real issue which many young people face and having a relatable, realistic and helpful discussion about it with content creators which they respect is vital. Another video on Dodie Clark's channel which has been restricted is entitled Angry and is a video about her discussing some emotional abuse which she had suffered. We can see that the filter does not just restrict LGBT content, but it covers a variety of difficult subjects as well. And finally, one of the most distressing channels to be hit by the filter, the UK's NSPCC Childline channel. Almost all of their videos are restricted. While the filter is designed to protect children, this is a stark example of how it is so inappropriate to tar all content with the same brush. Childline's content is specifically designed to give children access to topics which they may be struggling with.
Ultimately, while I have faith that YouTube will listen to its creators and adjust the filter settings to be less exclusionary, it is still a shocking and worrying example of how an algorithm can influence the kind of content which it is desirable to create. It is also another stark example of how discrimination against marginalized groups can influence and impact the opportunities they are offered and ultimately their value to brands. Thank you so much for listening to the Social Circle Influencer Marketing Podcast. I'm Becky. Visit our website, socialcircle.media. And if you have any questions or comments, email them to us at hello at socialcircle.media.